Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Strand Tennis Center podcast, filled with tips, advice, tennis, not tennis, just life advice too, whatever you need. Uh, like it on YouTube, share it on uh, the podcast as well. Thank you. No practice today, right, Coach? Yeah. Yeah. Can't get a court. I know. I can't get a court. I know. I know. It's a pain there. All right. Hey, everybody. Santi, welcome to the Strand Tennis Center podcast, everybody. This is part of our series for the boys' high school team locally. We are going to interview as many coaches as we can just to get a flavor of the season, what is going on. Coach Vinny from Summit Tennis. Uh, Summit High School, he coaches the women, oh, the girls, and the boys' teams. Coach, thanks for being here. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. That's awesome. So a uh, little history. How many years have you coached each team? Um, I have to go back and check the record book, but I, I think I'd probably say uh, 12 years with the girls and then uh, maybe that nine years with the boys. But before, excuse me, before I became varsity, I was JV coach with, with, with both. And okay. A uh, couple of general questions, pros and cons to both. Uh, different uh, differences that you can tell me, just general things between the girls and the boys? Um. Having three daughters myself <laughs> and, and coaching girls pretty much all my life, other than when I first started here at Summit, yeah. um, the girls seem to, and not that they don't, obviously they do care about winning and losing, but they're very quick to forget about a loss. Uh, they move okay. on quickly, which is great because then they can move on to the next, you know, the next event. With the boys, they'll tell you about the point they lost in the, in the deuce game. They'll say when it was 5-4, they should have won that set. Uh, there's no way that kid should have beat me. I'm better than him. Uh, and they just let it fester a little bit before they got to start thinking, okay, we got a match tomorrow. Let's forget about what happened today. So the girls have a shorter memory, huh? Oh, that's, uh, that's, it's an interesting thing because we, we coach a lot of them here both. And I guess we haven't seen enough full matches, but I guess you're right because, you know, looking back and we coach some of the same players that are there and, you know, a couple of the boys will fester. They will. They'll talk about something they can't believe they lost to this person and all those things. Uh, interesting. Interesting observation. How uh, How's the season looking so far? How did your tryouts go? Uh, just your thoughts on the overall look of the team. Great. Um, you know, we have a lot of returning uh, sophomores and juniors. Uh, we had a couple. A couple. We have some promising freshmen that came in. Um, challenge matches went well. I'm not going to say they went according to expected because you never really yeah. can, can say this is what I expect was going to happen. Um, but I was very pleased with, with some of the singles players, their, their talent. Um, obviously, some have worked here. I, I mean, yeah. I guess other coaches, whatever, but they've, they've definitely improved. And uh, I think uh, I've got some, some three strong uh, singles players with Jonah, you, uh, and Edward. Um, doubles still remain to be seen. We still have four scrimmages next week. And as you know, just because you can play singles doesn't mean you can play doubles. And I want to see them in action against a, a competitiveness other than playing against each other. So I've spoke to a couple of coaches. I guess doubles is more about a feel. It's not where you finished out in the challenge list. It's how they match up together as teammates. You know, I'm not going to say you have to love the guy you're with, you know, <laughs> um, but you, you, you got to obviously be compatible on the court. I mean, I look for that camaraderie. I look for that, like, are they, are they smacking hands or clapping rackets? Yeah. Are, they, are they encouraging each other? Um, even to the point of saying, you know, it's 40-30. Again, hey, guys, you know, yeah. or whatever his name would be or her name, let, let's take this game. We got to take this game. You know, versus, oh, we played the point, and now it's back to deuce. Or we played the point, we won the game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking for that. And obviously with doubles, 
Can you volley? Can you get your first serve in? How consistent? You only have to be responsible for half the court normally. Um, so it's a little different game. How does your challenge system work? Everybody's always interested in uh, how do you usually run the format? Well, I usually, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, you just must take it from last year and see how they ended up last year and then start from there. Um, I, I, I kind of disagree just because you got older. My premise is just because you got older doesn't mean you got better. Um, how hard did, you know, you work? Um, give you a quick story. I know when my oldest daughter, who's 42, uh, went in as a, I'm not going to say the school, but went in as a freshman. Um, this is high school or college? High school. High school. Um, you know, she was clearly better. I'm going to say then, let's say three quarters of the varsity team, and she worked hard. She did tournaments. She did lessons. She did, you know, what I th- would expect her to do. But the bottom line is, she was a freshman, and well, freshmen play JV. Well, you know, I don't know if that is still the same in a lot of schools, but I know, you know, um, you know, I've heard parents say to me at times, "Hey, listen, uh, how did that freshman get into the starting lineup when you know my son's a junior?" Well, and then I, it's very clear. I first I, I would definitely show them. Well, here's who they lost to. Here's who they beat. Here were the scores. Um, if I lose to you six zero, it's kind of tough for me to say to you. Listen, you should see me play doubles. You know, <laughs> if it's six four seven five, and you know I'm a better volleyer than you, and I like coming to the net, and you just like staying behind the baseline. You just have to be more consistent that day. Well, then you know maybe we we got to see how each other plays. So, you know, when it comes to challenges for doubles. I should say, when it comes to challenge for singles, it's real simple. Two out of three, and you have a right to challenge twice. You don't okay. have to. But once you lose that second time, you can't go and say, well, now I want to challenge number one. I didn't get by number two. Okay. Um, and doubles is, you know, at this point, you know, they say you only need one set, but it, it's how you play. Okay. I, uh, I I think it's great. It's refreshing that there's no politics, right? Because, like, like, like you've said, uh, a lot of schools, there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of people that, you know, they played number one last year and they feel like they should play. There's a great story uh, at Georgia, Jay Berger. Remember Jay Berger years sure. ago? He played, sure. got to the quarters of the U.S. Open, blah, blah, blah. And the head coach, I forget the head coach of Georgia, he gets to the quarters of the U.S. Open and he's got to go challenge to play number one at Georgia because he was still an amateur. And the coach was like, I don't know. You, you got to beat the number one. You got to beat to be the number one guy. And he lost. He played, he played two the first two weeks, and he just got to the quarters of the U.S. Open. So it's great to hear that you're only as good as really your last season or your beginning of your challenges, which is great to hear. How... Uh, how is the makeup... Before I get... Coach, we got tons of questions from uh, parents and things. How do, how do, how do you kind of deal with different personalities? I mean, every coach has got to deal differently. Do you find yourself having to wear many hats with different personalities out there? Um, yeah, actually, I was just talking to, to Sante a little bit. Um, having 40 years of, of, of teaching experience in a high school, um, obviously I've dealt with a lot of, a lot of students. Um, and, and having coached, uh, I, I, I basically ran a PAL program in Berkeley Heights for many, many years. So, I mean, I, I was coaching for a long time before I came in to, to Summit. Um, you know, I, I really think that, you know, it's positive feedback, number one. I mean, I would never look at it, you know, I don't want to tell you what you did wrong. I don't want them ever to know that, you know, that, and they know this up front. Uh, I'll never be mad at you. I may be mad at what you're doing and how you're playing, but I'm not mad at you as a person. Okay. Um, if I'm giving you feedback like, Listen, you hit the ball three times into the net. What do you think you should do differently? You know, I yeah. may mix a little sense of humor into it. I mean, obviously, they know what I'm talking about. 
Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, I'm going to say, I think there's a lot of psychology that goes into being a good coach in, in, in relating to kids. Hopefully I, I have some of that. And we have always talked about this on the podcast. Sometimes it's more, it's more important in how you lead than how you coach specifically tactically sometimes. Because uh, dealing with emotions is, you can paint it with any brush. It doesn't matter whether it's tennis, volleyball, swimming, basketball. You have to understand how to deal with the athlete and help, help them make them feel confident at the right time. Because if they just don't feel confident, it doesn't matter what you say. You could be the greatest tennis coach in the world. But if you, they don't trust your voice... It's going to be trouble. Let me get through. Go ahead. You got yeah, I was just going to say, between you know, our coaching staff is Coach O'Ring and Coach James, myself, I have to say that you know, we really believe in the, in the comprehensive high school kid. I mean, it's, tennis is important. Don't get me wrong. Sport is important. But you know, when that kid comes to practice, you don't know what he went through that day. Yeah. You, know, you don't know what she went through that day. You know, did they fail a test? Did they not get into the college of their choice? Um, there's all kinds of emotional things that could go on during the day. And if you're worried about them winning a tennis match and not knowing or or trying to think about, well, maybe something is going on other than it's the sport, um, you know, you got to deal with that. Yeah, I found that a lot of the kids we work with here, they appreciated tennis because it kept them kind of centered and kept them a little bit happier. They get away from school. They feel like there's something we can do. We have camaraderie. There's some positive stuff, I guess. Yeah, and you don't want to be too hard on the kid, especially if they're trying to get away from or just feel better about themselves in a way. You still want them to work hard and challenge themselves, but a lot of them felt like tennis was a great way to you know, deal with the stress of just school and trying to get into all these schools and all the pressures in the area, and there's just general pressures to achieve mm-hmm. these things, so tennis is a great outlet. I agree. So let me go through some of these questions, sure. Coach. Let's see. Uh, do how do you teach students to manage your mental part of the game? I think we went through that to keep their head in the match. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on one to three year goals of the program. What potential resource gaps do you need to achieve those goals? Are there any resources that you think you could use? Any any kind of help or funds or whatever you may think? Um, well, I'm very, fortu- very fortunate to have the Summit um, Tennis Association, as well as the Summit Music Boosters, Music Boosters, <laughs> Summit <laughs> Athletic Boosters. Um, we were talking about bands before with Sante. Hey, so. listen. <laughs> hey, uh, I love music too, boys. <laughs> we'll do another podcast on that. <laughs> no, the Summit uh, Athletic Boosters are fantastic. Um, they support us just about in every way possible. Uh, even in you know, our community, I mean, we have eight tennis courts available to our high school. I yeah. mean, you know how many schools come to us and go like, what, this, these are your courts? Yeah, I'm like, true. Well, they're not ours. This is the community courts. But from three to five every day and, you know, for our matches, um, you know, the, associ- the association, the, the community allows us to use these courts, which is, is fantastic. Um, I would tell you that, you know, just to give you the partnership, you're going to see brand new windscreens going up at those courts, you know, heavy duty, uh, high level windscreen. And again, it was the Summit Tennis Association, the Summit Boosters uh, and the, the town, the township that have all kind of chipped in. So Yeah, the courts are really nice, and they run a great, luckily we're fortunate to work with the middle school program that they, right. they have. It's great because they get the kids involved because there's no official middle school team, but the association does a great job to get the kids in the system early. It feeds to the high school Absolutely. and makes them better players, and they're ready to play. It's great. It's a great thing that they do after school in, in, in the springtime. Those kids then play kind of 
pre or mock matches against Newark Academy and, and Kent Place and all those teams. It's great practice for them, and it's a great experience. So, yeah, they do an incredible job. What uh, The first part of the thing, one to three-year goals, you have any goal sets for the kids yearly and kind of a long-term in regards to the team? Well, with, with everyone, you'd like to see them improve. You know, you want to see, you know, and you want to ask them, okay, where do you think? And you know how many times you, you'll see a, um, a player come back the following year and say, hey, coach, I really worked on my volley. Hey, coach, I can now serve in volley. I never used to be able to do that before. Or, hey, listen, I don't like to stay behind the baseline now all day long. You know, Steve or Chris or somebody has worked with me. I can follow a shot in. I know, you know, I know kind of how to, to win a point, the strategy behind it. So, um, you know, you love to see that individual player. As far as the program goes, it's, it's, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, we'd love to win a county championship. The boys won a county championship last year. I'm not going to say that was a three-year goal. Um, Correct. It, it, we'd love to win a group championship, which we've won many, many groups. be nice to win a state title. Um, but I'm not going to say yeah. in three years I want to win a state title no matter what. Um, you know, it, it, it's the development of the program. Uh, I think the most, one of the most important keys that I like is just, did I keep a racket in that kid's hands? You know, it's, he started as a freshman. He's now a senior, and he's still playing, whether it's varsity, JV, whatever. He's still playing tennis, so he must be doing something right. Now, I think the I think the challenge, and that you've done a great job with a high school team, you got support, but you're a public school, and in this area, tennis is very different. It's not necessarily a team sport, so they play with their private coaches. They have private schools they could go to if they want because they could be recruited individually. So it's a little bit harder, and it's great that you've been so successful dealing with say, the Del Bartons in the era, all these private schools that can recruit sure. and can, uh, you know, kind of cherry-pick some of the kids that they want. So, no, it, it's been very successful public school-wise. I mean, uh, it's been great to see. And the team is watching that practice and watching most of the a lot of the kids' players. It's a solid team up and down. I mean, you're going to – I don't see – and I've, I've watched a lot of teams. It's, you know – I'd see you guys again, like you like last year, top ten in the state, and playing against those those high level teams. North Academy be up there, like Del Barton, all those top three teams will all struggle with because they they got some crazy players on those teams. So I think Del Barton last year, I know Academy last year was like one in the nation. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, but uh, very solid team. Uh, technique wise, how much and how much time do you have to work on technical things? This is always a hard part. It's hard because you're only practicing with them for a week and then you're right into right into right into play right well you know i think that one thing i do for sure is i try and find out who their private coach is okay because if, if they're making varsity they're not going to tell me well they've never been coached you know i don't care if it's a clinic i don't care if it's a number of clinics but m many of them i'm going to say 99 percent have some type of private coach i like to at least be in contact with them and say okay what do you think of so-and-so, what have you been working on with them? Just to kind of get the feedback a little bit. Of course, you know, most coaches are going to be honest and tell me, listen, this is where we, this is where I think, you know, so-and-so is. Um, hopefully they'll, they'll keep developing. Um, how that kind of plays out in, in what you just said is, okay, they come to me, let's just take the girls. We have two weeks in August, and then we start the season. So am I going to say, well, listen, your, your serve doesn't have enough spin on it. Let's, yeah. let's work on changing your serve. I mean, that's not going to happen. And I don't think any coach you know, you might want to tweak a little something, you know, as far as, hey, how are we going to create a little bit more movement? I mean, let's talk about the strategy of a point, what yep. you're doing. Um, as far as actually changing tech, you know, you're not going to change technique. You may, I may reinforce it. I mean, so, okay, so what are you working on? What have you been working on? Because most coaches that worked with my daughters would say, it's going to be at least six weeks to maybe two months before what I'm teaching them, I'd like to see them do in a tournament. I don't yep. want, you know, just because I told them we're now going to use this kind of forehand, 
go out next week and, and play it in a tournament and see what happens. You know what would happen. Yeah, yeah. You know? So. Yeah, it's... Well, you don't believe how many calls we get August 7th. And then, you know, the, the daughter hasn't played all summer, mm-hmm. and they want to take seven lessons in a row. And you have to be honest with them and say, listen, we'll do our best, but we can't... Right. You know, it's not like this. It's not like an in-and-out burger of tennis. You can't get in there, get your sandwich, and be fine. You're going to have to... You know, tennis is that kind of sport, as you know. You can play basketball and be a defensive specialist and get rebounds and do some great things. But in tennis, you really have to do everything. And you can't kind of, you know, hopefully, you know, cram and be able to play a singles match. It's just too difficult. In most parents, I'll, you know, like I said, just how you get that call, I'll get the call and say, well, what do you think is a good plan? Let's just say they just completed their freshman year, the girls. We just And what do you think is a good plan for my daughter so she can make varsity, okay? So, you know, I'm not making any promises. I'll say, okay, well, first of all, find a coach that, that you really feel is not going to say to your daughter, uh, what do you want to work on? You know, the coach should have a plan for your daughter, and, and the two of them should be, have that work together. After that plan, don't just walk away and then say, okay, I'll be back next week, because that ain't going to happen either, <laughs> you know? I said, so now, you, you know, you got to be able to say, okay, well, is there two clinics I'm going to do? Is there maybe you know, some empty court time during that week that I could hit with so-and-so. I says, and then, you know, now this UTR, which is great, has come in, you know, start playing matches, Yeah. you know, so that you're now getting that competitiveness that, okay, I just beat Anna. Now I got to go see if I, how I do against this young lady or whatever. And I, and I think that's what it takes now. It's not just, I just took a lesson, so therefore I'm ready. Yeah, know? correct. I mean, we tell the girls now because they have August practice, right? Play UTRs every weekend, play a tournament. I don't care where you play it. They just, it's got to be in their system. They've got to be right. used to it and used to play. Um, on to the next. Discipline wise, how do you deal with, say, twofold, bad attitude and a kid, what's your rule? Mrs. Practice, such and such. What kind of discipline do you put into a kid just not being a teammate, so to speak, on any level? I'm, I'm old school. I mean, okay. that's just me, you know. I mean, I'm not saying any coach should be given way to things like that. Um, I know because because our lacrosse program is so so strong in Summit and has been obviously successful year after year after year. You know, um, I might even say comment to it. Would you tell the lacrosse coach that you had a dentist appointment today? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just curious. Would you do that? You know, and of course, well, no. Well, you know why? Because you probably wouldn't be in the lineup tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> so right from the beginning, we lay it down. Here's my phone number. Here's my email. I don't want to hear you told this captain to tell the co-captain to tell the lieutenant who told the sergeant of arms <laughs> to let me know you're not making practice. I says, I, I want to know. I says, no, no big deal. I said, but I want to know, and I want to know why. Um, as far as a bad attitude, that goes back, to, I think, to the psychology. Uh, you know, I've said this many times. Leave your attitude at the gate, pick up your racket, and let's play some tennis. If it's a bad attitude because something has triggered it, well, then let's talk. Let's talk about it. You know, um, again, I, do you have any daughters? I know you're a son. I have a daughter, yeah. Okay, so God bless you. So <laughs> I try to do my best, my friend. I understand. The emotions are around. Right, so having three daughters, I've had a lot of discussions with my, with my daughters, and I think I've done a pretty good job raising them. I think I can handle just about any situation yeah. between, again, 40 years of teaching in high school. Um, that, you know, I'll deal with that attitude for the most part. Let's figure out why it is coming in you know this point i have to say i've been blessed um have you ever had to throw anybody off the team 
Did you ever have a situation where you're like, I, I, this is just can't work? And, and obviously, no. we're not going to mention any needs. And by the way, I want to correct myself. <laughs> My son's very emotional, too. It's not a sexist thing. He's very emotional as well. But we deal with both. But go ahead. In, in all the years that I've coached, I have to say, no, we've never thrown any off the team. I will tell you that, you know, we've had experiences where <clears throat> I was, let's say, personally assigned to a such and such a player to make sure that they behaved <laughs> And, and I'm sure if that player ever sees this, he's going to say, I know Mr. T's talking about me. <laughs> You're like a babysitter. And, right. And he was a tremendous player, and he's a tremendous young man right now. And, he's, wow. you know, he's, he's just a great human being. He's going to go very far in life. And, uh, you know, we had a great time together, me and him. Just needed a little help along <laughs> yeah. the way. Oh, man. How do you uh, – what was my – oh, my God, I had my question there. I just had it on my mind, and I just forgot it, something. But um, – no, oh, seniors. Yeah, we're talking about seniors. I was talking about seniors thinking in my head. How do you deal with a senior, you know, that's a good kid, that's not going to really start? Do you try to get him into some matches? How do you handle that situation? Good kid and is just not as good as the freshman right now, but has been a loyal player for you. And actually, I'm not dealing with that right now, but I have dealt with that in the past. Um, and first of all, I'll tell you, usually if he is that that kid and with the good attitude and he, he sees it, you know, he would be the one when we have this discussion with him, he'd be the one to say to me, listen, you know, I know Ralph is a better player. You, you don't have to tell me coach. And I know he's going to help the team win. Um, you know, but if I can practice with the team, you know, which is important. Um, usually with, with seven players on the starting lineup, if we have an eighth player, which we usually do carry for sure, it definitely balances out when we let's say okay, let's everybody's gonna play a ten point tiebreaker, so match up, and you know obviously we have an even number. Uh, we might bring that senior over with another, let's say even junior who's playing JV, and, and let them play against the second doubles, while the first doubles might play with the one and two singles. I mean, there's all kinds of combinations. Try and keep them involved. Don't want to be discouraged. And and yes, that we have especially this year. I have like 23, 24 matches. There are enough matches that I will get them in you know, definitely into the lineup to play, you know, uh, a number of those varsity matches. But it's still he knows that it won't be the county tournament and it wouldn't be the state tournament. Um, those are always going to be my best seven players no matter what. But I, I told plenty of those kids who are on the on the edges, they say, you never know what can happen. Somebody may get injured. Somebody you're not hoping for, but something may happen. Somebody may have a conflict and you can get in there and play three varsity matches. And then you can say, oh, I, that's great. As a senior, I got to play some varsity matches. I think kids put themselves in a box too much and think, well, this is what's going to happen. I know it. there's just so many scenarios that you have no idea what will happen. Just put yourself out there to be able to have the chance to play. When, uh, when's the first match, Coach? Next Friday. We have four scrimmages next week, um, every day. Um, we're home Thursday against the Barton scrimmage, which will be a good one. Tuesday we're away at Chatham. We'll be another good one. I mean, they're all going to be good scrimmages. And then um, – Friday we open up against Elizabeth, which should be a good match. How do you deal with a couple other questions from me? How do you deal with, one, both sides? Uh, bad calls on that side and say one of your your players is not showing the greatest sportsmanship making a couple bad calls. How do you handle that situation? That's always a tough one. Well, if, if it's a – usually what you're saying is that it's in a competitive match. Correct. Okay, so we're saying – Somebody's going to win this match, you know, maybe two out of three or, you know, two out of three sets and it might be six, four, seven, five, six, four. So you're really not going to see bad calls on a six, oh, set. If Correct. there is, 
What's the point? One, yeah, one way or the other. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I wouldn't. Let's not even discuss this. <laughs> um, but if it's let's say they're playing a competitive match, and you know, they come to the fence during a changeover, coach, listen, you know, two class, two close calls, and they're both, and you know, this happens. They were both at forty thirty, and all of a sudden, you know, you know, and a lot of it, it can be too is that hey, I'm not supposed, I'm not supposed to lose to him you know that's a tough pressure he is a 6.5 i'm a 7.3 even though this is a high school match i can't lose to this kid you know so 40 30 balls close to the line uh, out you know the calls made okay i usually would say to my player okay give him the benefit of doubt on the first call the second call at the changeover just say listen i think there's two close calls if it happens again, I'm calling my coach, and we're going to have lines judges okay. for the rest of the match. And I would tell my player, don't wait till it's 5-4 and then decide, oh, I think we're getting some bad calls here. Yeah. Uh, if it's my player, I, I, you know, I might even, you know, the coach may still say something to me because I would talk in between. Not, but if that call is made and, you know, technically you're not allowed to say anything, I would say something right away to listen. Charlie, I have a Charlie. Bob. Um, you know, the ball was in. You, you got to play that ball. It's on the line. It's in. Do me a favor. Just tell that player you're going to reverse your call. That's nice. Um, and we go from there, you know. Um, I think that usually puts the end of it. Uh, and, and you can kind of tell, even in preseason, if you have somebody like that that just seems to be playing balls that are close to the line out, you know, yeah. uh, for their advantage. And I mean, I don't have anyone, so it's luck- luckily I don't That's have to worry good. about that right now. But, you know, there are other teams that we've played. I've seen that, you know. Um, and it's usually, you know, especially with this UTR, you know, I, again, I dealt with my own daughters with rankings back when USTA. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you, if you didn't Four win... Four stars, three stars, stuff. Yeah, and if you didn't win that next match, you weren't invited to zonals, and then the zonals got to go to national, you know, I mean, so... It's a domino effect. Yeah. I know this UTR has become, and again, we've talked about this a thousand times, but we always bring it up. It's It's become a great thing, but it's become also... Oh my God! Everybody's worried about the other kids' UTR. Just worry about your UTR, your own, and just play. They're always worried about playing a UTR too low, and no one wants to play that person right. because if they lose to that person, the UTR goes down. And the, I mean, it's just crazy. No one wants to. And we talked about this. UTR is great, but it should you should be able to only see your own UTR. You can't see anybody else's, and that way you just say, "All right, my UTR is a five. I'd like to get to a seven. You don't know anybody else's UTR because we didn't know it when we were kids. There was no internet. I couldn't see <laughs> someone's ranking or UTR. I had no right. result history of them. I was like, oh, who's this kid? Oh, he seems tall. Okay, I got to play him. It was not, you know, is he lefty? I top five in five minutes. He five ways left. Okay, he's lefty. Or he's got a spin. He's got this. I mean, you don't have any reports on anything. They should just go out there and play. It's just too much analysis. It creates all this stress for these kids. Um, co- speaking of matches, you only have, you have one, you have coaching as an assistant. How do you, Watch, you know, you usually, you know, you got a basketball game, you can watch the game. You got five different matches going on. How do you divide your time? What do you guys say? Do you spend five, ten minutes on each thing? How do you be able, how are you able to coach moving from court to court? What do you, how's the best way to do it? I think that's where psychology comes in. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of good mentors that I've, that I've watched. Bob McNutt was one who was a varsity coach here for many years, um, also coached my daughter. Um, but, you know, he would be one, let's say, if, if it was, again, let's, let's just take my daughter. My daughter's up like 5-0. And it's a changeover. And I'm going, Bob, aren't, aren't you going to, you know, of course, concerned about my own daughter. Yeah. Bob, aren't you going to go say something to her? He goes, 
what would you like me to say to him? <laughs> he, he says, she's winning 5-0. It's not 6-4. It's not 7-5. She's up 5-0. Just let's let her be, you know? Um, so, again, there's certain players, as you know, they need somebody to talk to them. You know, they'd like somebody to talk to them in between. Um, sure. Sometimes it's just to tell them a joke. Sometimes it's tell them, hey, listen, your hair really looks good today. You know, I mean, it could be something simple. But there's other players that, you know, they, they need to be reminded. You know, okay, remember, we're not, we're not trying to pull this, this player out on angles. We're going to try and go at this player because this player likes angles. And he'll kill you if, if you keep giving those angles. Yeah. Hit the ball right at him hard. It's going to be different for him to make that, you know, that, that next shot. So things like that. You pick and choose who you think you should talk to, and a lot of it is based on what the score of that set is at the time. Do you find that the more supportive your the teammates are, I know it's hard when you're playing somebody that's just a better level. Is the camaraderie really affect the results in tennis? Because they say, well, you know, in a team sport more so, does it really help in a sport that's a team sport but kind of an individual sport too? Does it really help if the team likes each other? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I think, you know, before and after matches for sure. Um, obviously, when the match is going on, I don't think second doubles is going to be. I mean, I'm sure they like to hear it if the first singles yells out, let's go second double or way to play. But as you know, as he usually yells out, the third singles is tossing up a serve. So, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, and then, of course, coaches look at me going, your first singles is yelling out a court. You know, going, all right, calm down, everybody. We'll make it work. They're so, it. yeah. So, it. you know, the more you try, I like that because that's those sports I played. But it was like, okay, and we, we got to keep it in, in, in relationship, especially if you ever have to go indoors because yeah. you, you know the echo like and everything like that. It could get, it could get annoying. <laughs> how how uh, strategy-wise, not even strategy, but uh, research-wise, do you have time to look at other teams and see how they play? Do you go on UTR? Do you, can you, do you have ability to say, all right, this team, or do the kids know more because they know all these players all over the place? Like, How do you prepare for certain teams how do you do research? Yeah, I, I think what you just said before. The, the, most of the teams we play in Union County, if they're if they're UTR or tournament players, our kids have played them. Yeah. So you know, sometimes it's a disadvantage because you know, at any given point outside, things could change. You know, you know what I know. You get a cold, windy day. That number one player may not be the same player as he is where she is when she goes indoors because she's not got to deal with the wind. You know, I mean. And Elements, yeah, yeah. So you know, sometimes it's a little bit, a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna say, uh, I would say, revealing, but it's a little bit. I think difficult for you know for a player to know that this kid's a seven point five and I'm a six point one. I can't, I can't. That's why it. they shouldn't know. That's why we're know? talking. We just just go out there and play. It would be a lot better not to even know who the person is. It just creates too much pressure and stress. I I, I totally agree. I got a ton of information for you today. It was great. And the parents will be helpful. All these questions are very helpful for them because they really are interested in how does my kid make a team? What's the process? How much, how many chances do they have? Say a kid, this is a great question. Say a kid is on the cusp of JV and varsity. How many chances does he get to make it to that next level? If, if they lose to the bottom varsity player, do they get the same thing? They get two chances at them or one? Or what, like what's that process of, you know, I'm sure a b- bunch of kids yep. want to go from JV to varsity. Okay, so the young lady who just graduated last year, uh, again, I'm not going to mention yeah, names, sure. but she actually got onto the varsity lineup maybe a third into the season. She was playing stellar JV tennis. JV coach says, hey, you really got to take a look at so-and-so and watch her play. I'm watching her play. I'm going... 
and she was a little she was under the weather, um, bad cold and everything. This is going back a couple of years, you know, when she um, when she tried out. So she didn't win her challenge match, okay. you know. But I'm watching her play. I'm watching her play. I says, you know, I got to bring her up and let her play a little bit the doubles and see what she does. And she ended up making the varsity lineup. I'm going to say less than halfway through the season, maybe a third into the season, and ended up playing three, you know, four years of varsity ball. So That's I mean. Awesome. I look at that all the time, and you know, coaching, which is again really nice having the eight courts, the JV and varsity practice together. Yeah. So if I see you're kind of slacking off a little bit, or maybe you're not putting enough effort into it, <laughs> I could send a message real quick to you and say, "Listen, you're going to be so and so's partner on court eight, and send uh, Joey over because he's now going to move into that." And it's kind of like, it's the Hunger Games. I'm, I'm going over there, you know, <laughs> over there, like as if like, no, you're just going over to court eight. You're not going over there, you know. So you know. I mean, that's great. No, it's great. Keeps them honest. Keeps them working hard. You can't, you got to give them a little bit of, you know, it, the, you got to give them a little bit of pressure, right? It can't be, you want them to feel comfortable to be able to feel like succeed, but you don't want them so relaxed that they're just, they're not working hard anymore. There's that fine line. You still have to work right. hard and say, okay, I have to keep earning my spot and I need Perfect. to be dedicated. Yep, that's yeah. exactly. I want you to earn your spot every day. You come out and play. Just give me 100% effort. Everybody has a bad day. Every yeah. shot's not going to go in, and some days every shot's going to go in. But you got to show me that effort. You can't just walk, and you got to show me no attitude. Yeah. We, we don't want to deal with that. I, I totally agree. And we, we have the, the two signs on our wall, attitude and effort, good attitude. So you can't control results. You only can control those two things. Good attitude, solid effort. If you lose, that's okay. We've, we've told the kids how bad the result is if they win and their attitude's terrible. It doesn't work. It's awful. You can't have a bad attitude, walk around, be disrespectful, and expect the result says everything, and that's it. I, I won the match. Who cares how I right. behave? You right. have to behave. Coach, uh, we're running up on time. Boy, it, it flies. It's awesome. But you taking this job, being a coach, What's the most rewarding thing? You know, what's the, what, two things? What's most rewarding, and what do you want to see? What is the success for you as a kid, uh, teaching a kid? Not the results. I mean, what are those two things? What's most rewarding, and what do you want to see these kids be able to do? Um, most rewarding. First of all, I have a place to go every day at three o'clock that I love, and you know, I don't care. I've said that yet to my own kids. I've said it to the kids I teach. If you love what you do, I know it's the old coffee cup cliche, <laughs> but I really do. I, I love what I do. I love when I taught at Scotch Plains. I love when I'm, I'm doing this. I that's love being awesome. at Kane University, what I'm doing now. Um, so that's number one. But the, the second part is somebody like, and I, I can use her name here because she'll know exactly what I'm saying, somebody like a Maggie DeFabio, who played number one for me uh, for four years. Um, you know, she wasn't the state champion, knows that she was never going to beat it. Maybe in lacrosse she is, but not in tennis. But... She would come off the court sometimes, you know, maybe winning a set, but then losing two sets, 6-2 or 6-3 or whatever, and tell me something like, Coach, I had a great time today. Like, you know, to myself, and say, yeah, you lost, and you had a great time? You know, yeah, I had a great time today. It was just, this was just tremendous. Like, you know, and you think, like, other kids are crying their eyes out, uh, making a Literally. No, no. But because I've cried before <laughs> at a match, coach. Because the you know are banging a racket because they lost you know six four seven five yeah. to a state champion. Here she's playing a state champ, but you know that was her. That was my reward for her watching her play. I mean, and she was one that really same thing. Like yeah. you know, even when she was winning, if I went over, she'd come out looking at me and go like, "Coach, what are you doing here?" I just seen how you're doing. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm up three two. 
you know, so it was that attitude. Well, she had that mental toughness too. But stuff like that, you yeah. know, to me is just so rewarding. I mean, it's nice to win. Don't you know that? Oh, of I, course, you know, yeah. But but Maggie has played here an unbelievable character. You want to tell? She's going to the Naval Academy next year. Just yes. unbelievable character. Total work ethics. Super hard worker. Like the epitome of like. I can't even. <laughs> It's it's you know you don't want to put too much pressure. It's almost like the perfect kid. Like she works hard. She you know she's I'm like I'm cooking my own meals. I'm cooking a vegan. like she does like she does everything. She's just an incredible hard worker. Tenacity uh, must have been great to coach for four years. It's just just a joy. Uh, what do you do in a cane? By the way, I don't even know. Um, director of jazz studies. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, so that's the music part. Sante, we're talking about. What yeah. instruments did you play? Uh, saxophone. Oh, look at this. Yeah. We should do this whole cast on sax. I played the piano for a while, but not very good. But look at you. Oh, look yeah. at this guy. <laughs> He's just the jack of all trades. <laughs> Coach, it was a great. I mean, it was what, we did almost 45 minutes already. But That's fine by pleasure. It's awesome. You know? It's you awesome. It. Good luck during the season. Hopefully we'll do it at the end of the year. When I can't believe, but well, one more question. I can't believe the Tournament Champions is the last year. Why do you, what's your opinion on that? Come on, <laughs> come on. I I think it's 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 just going back to that you know you you see it filtering on down. My grandson just won the the basketball tournament in Long Island, and you know he's, he's young. He's you know in the ten and under division, or whatever. And you know I I started. I said, well, what was the score? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we kept score. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> it's well, getting well, so if, bad. Well, coach. if you won. How come everybody got trophies? <laughs> it goes, oh, I don't know, Pop. Everybody got trophies. It was, you know, and so I just think it's one of those we just don't, you know. So so they want everyone just to win their section or play as many matches and not have to deal with one winner and feel like. I guess, yeah. I if, guess. The, if nobody knows, the tournament champions, what, the top eight go down to Mercer? Yeah. And, and maybe they're starting to see also that, you know, you just said before, if there's a, a recruiting element or for some reason, you know, I – I want my kid to go to, you know, Nork Academy because okay. that's where the best tennis players are. Sure. So I'll pay whatever it takes for him or, you know, or her to go there. Okay, well, but Summit's got a great high school and a great program. Yeah, but you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. every player at Nork Academy is, is stellar. So, you know, you might have two or three really good ones, but your other three or four are just, you know, above average sure. home or whatever. I mean, you, you know what No, I'm no, I get it. Relative. You so, sure. No, it's, it's no big deal. So yeah. the point is... And then I also think, you know, people do think that you're going to get a better education. I don't disagree. I don't agree with it. I mean, I've had kids go to Princeton from Summit High School. Yeah. And they played oh, tennis. No, <laughs> no Eric, Eric Herman worked here. He played. Yeah. He went to, played tennis at Summit. Went to Princeton. And not for tennis, but... Oh, I went to Stanford. Stanford I'm sorry. Went know. to Stanford. Sorry. Alex I'm getting McDonald. all confused. Yeah, Alex Mattel went to Princeton. Yes, he's... his so. Brendan's playing here. He's taking a gap year going to Bucknell. The, the McDonald's are great kids. But what, what I mean is the Tournament of Champions was... The top eight in the sec eight section eight sectional champions. Every state, go to every state, every state champion plus yeah. then parochial and. So is that eight? How many is it down? Eight or sixteen? How many go down? I don't six, even know. Eight, I think four. Eight, eight four go high school, down. Four groups. So the reason is they don't. To me, like again, everybody gets a trophy. You just want the eight section winners, and that's it. They don't want anybody. Eight to state feel like, winners. Eight state winners. They don't feel like anybody loses right, that. Right. Santi, what's going on with society? It's okay. There can be one winner at the end. We're soft, but. Coach, we're soft, <laughs> but we love it. All right, great, you awesome. Stay Th well. Thank you, guys. Thank for you the... for all you do. Oh, thank you. Take care. Share the podcast. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Hope you like the podcast. 
please share with your friends, anybody that you know, anybody that's into tennis, anybody that's into bettering themselves, share it.